The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. A mysterious disappearance happens at high speed. And then we travel to Britain to find a tenant who gets more than they bargained for when they move into an apartment that's haunted by the sound of a sack of potatoes today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. My co-host, Veronica the Haunted Doll, is still here. It's interesting, I was just listening to yesterday's episode when I was editing it, and there is a dog barking. There's a woof in the middle of the edit. Um, yeah, let me play it for you right here. Let me. I'm going to play you the raw audio right here. Hanging out with a bunch of aliens, having a perpetual party. Her life... Her vision may be messed up in deep space. She may have a hard time remembering stuff. But would she be... I don't want to end it with kids kids crying for their lost mom. That's a sad way to end the episode. But it's possible that what I was getting at, it's possible that she did go missing. So yeah, you did hear me making some like sounds, munching sounds and stuff like that. I was sucking on a lozenge, but I generally when I suck on a lozenge, it doesn't make the sound of a dog barking. Now, is that a result of Veronica the Haunted Doll? Is it a result of a, of a dog outside? I don't know. It's for you to decide. It is for you, paranormal experts. What is the most likely answer? A doll, a doll of a little girl made that noise of a dog barking, or was it actually a dog with my super sensitive microphone. This microphone's amazing. The Neumann TLM 103 for all you sound nerds out there. Super sensitive. So it's most likely a dog barking outside. But still, I just thought I'd point that out. Let's give a shout out to our newest Patreon supporter, Gregory A. Gorley. Gregory, thank you so much for supporting the show. Really, really helps out a lot. The Patreon's really growing recently. I really, really appreciate that, guys. If you can't support the Patreon, that's fine, too. Just help get the word out about the show. That really helps a lot as well. Gregory gives me a knowing nod. I give him a knowing nod back. Let's hop in the Jason Jalopy. We are going to travel out to Canada. It's a long drive. I got a mixtape made. It's all of Britney Spears' greatest hits. So all of them. It's her entire discography. She didn't come out with one bomb. Email my heart. It's pretty rough. That song kind of sucks, but everything else. It's her greatest hits. It's every song she's ever recorded. We're headed out to Levis. Maybe there's no pronunciation. Maybe it's just Levi's. Levi's, that's in Quebec, Canada. I actually got this as a request from Pepe Lapointe. So we waved to Pepe as we're driving by. Take me with you. Take me with you. Hop in the back. We're driving to Levi's in Quebec, Canada. So I've been doing the promo read for that movie, The Vanish. That's something that I got to... I actually really enjoy it. I know it might come off as being cheesy, but I like doing stuff like that. It's probably the closest I'll ever get to being in the movie industry. But originally, I was going to do a whole week of missing people stories to go along with the movie, The Vanish. So I have this cool promo 
talking about this movie. It's a very odd movie. It's a very, very odd movie. I'm still kind of digesting it, honestly. The movie The Vanished, I was going to do Missing Persons Week, and I had all these Missing Persons stories. Super depressing. I was like, I don't want to do five episodes. And then they were never seen again. Like, there's some interesting stuff, and I think I'm going to spread them out over the next couple weeks. But a whole week of stories just (laughs) me shrugging my shoulders at the end going, I don't know. Maybe they're right behind you. And you turn around. Very, very compelling stuff. I got a lot of them, but... I didn't want to do a whole week of them, just too too intense. Because this is true stuff. It's one thing if I did a whole week of, like, ghosts that haunt your toaster. Like, that's cool. Unless you really like toast or are a toaster yourself. (laughs) And it's super scary. That's the scariest week ever. You're the brave little toaster and not so brave now. You're thinking, oh, my God, I didn't know I could get possessed. Anyway, so that is all all a lead up. We'll be doing the promo read for The Vanishing soon. And I do enjoy that. I actually feel that honestly makes me feel like... Like, like, this is a professional show. The fact that someone's like, hey, read this. So anyways, Gregory, put the pedal to the metal. We're driving on the road. We're headed to Levi's in Quebec, Canada. It's July 8th, 2020. It's 8.30 p.m. And Martin Carpentier, 44 years old, is at an ice cream shop with his two daughters, Nora, she's 11, and Romy, she's 6. And they're having ice cream. The people working at the ice cream shop just see a loving father and his two daughters. Nothing seems amiss. 9.30 p.m. Cars are driving down Highway 20 in St. Apollinaire. There's a woman named Lynn Proventure driving down the road. There's nothing unusual about that. Lots of Lynns drive down the road. There's no law saying, what, your name's Lynn, give me your driver's license. That's normal, but what happens next isn't. She sees a Volkswagen Passat driving down the road as well, and it drives off the road, hits a road sign, and then smashes into a tree. And it hits the tree with so much force, the car actually flips over. Lynn immediately stops the car, jumps out, runs to it. The car is completely empty. She sees an ice cream cone laying on the seat of the car. She sees a child safety seat there as well. As she's taking this all in, other cars start to pull up. This is a massive crash. You would have seen it down the road. It made a lot of noise. She takes out her phone and she begins filming the scene. And this video has been taken offline. This video is not available online anymore. It may be some places that I'm not willing to look, but it's as far as I've seen in the reports, they did remove it from the internet. She's videotaping it though. And she says, there's nobody. The tires are blown out. The windows are blown out. There's no one in the car in the field. It's crazy. I don't understand. She says, I really hope there wasn't a child in the car because it's really serious. The car is finished. Those are all actual quotes. She's recording this live. And the reason why she's thinking there might be a child in the car because there's a kid's seat. But there's nobody around. The cops show up and their immediate suspicion is probably what we're all thinking as well. They're flung from the car. They weren't wearing their seatbelts. Everyone flew out of the car. So the immediate thing, the cops begin searching the field. There's nobody there. If they had just come across the car that was overturned and no one was in it, you would probably think, well, maybe they got out and they just were like dizzy, had little stars floating around their head. They stumbled off into the darkness. The car went off the road in full view of people, crashed through a sign, hit a tree, flipped. Nobody is in the car. Nobody is in the field. Nobody is anywhere. 
massive search in the area. Because at this point, they're thinking, there's obviously a kid. There's at least a driver missing, right? And probably at least one kid as well. They're running plates. They're finding out who the car belongs to. They're trying to backtrack what could be going on. That night, so this area apparently is pretty much like a wilderness area. where there are houses speckled throughout the area. That night, as cops are searching the field surrounding the car, Canadian 911 starts getting these calls that they're hearing screaming from the woods. Which is the most terrifying place to hear screaming from, right? Other than screaming from inside your house, the woods would be the spookiest place to hear screaming from. And it's so loud, it's waking people up. People weren't up watching television, they were dead asleep. The screaming was so loud, it was waking people up. So now those cops are searching the forest. They're trying to figure out what's going on. And at first the cops go, we don't know if the two things are related. We don't know if the missing people who are flung out of this car or what is related to the screams coming from the forest. But it's weird because actually I was about to add something to that. They they never really said the two things were related. They're like, we don't know. Could be totally unrelated. But they issue, at that point, they issued an Amber Alert for the girls. They're thinking, okay. There's no one around here. We know that he was traveling with girls. We were able to backtrack who owned the car and that he was seen at this ice cream shop, things like that. So he has to have the girls. But we don't know how in the world the car would have flipped or or really who cares about the physics of it, where they are at now. They hear the screams from the woods and they're still saying to the media, we don't know if the two things are connected. Could be just a dude like screaming in the middle of the woods. We don't know. So that all happened on July 8th. July 11th, the police hold a press conference and they say, we have lifted the Amber Alert. Um, We found the bodies of the girls. Which is the worst case scenario in that thing. They weren't flung out of the car. So people are like, that's horrible. Like, that's the worst possible ending of the story. The two girls are found dead. Did they die in the car accident? Were they flung out of the vehicle? Did you not find them? Because this is three days later. And the cops go, listen, we're not going to tell you what happened to the girls. We will tell you this. There, There is a man named Martin Carpentier who we're looking for. We don't know where he's at. We would appreciate it if everyone kept an eye out for him. Like, go check your, like, if you have a boat shed, check under your house, check in your closet. If you find him, find him, call us immediately. You can look for him, but if you find him, run away, run to a phone, because we think he's super dangerous. That's the end of the press conference, basically. Like, go look for this maniac who may or may not have had something to do with these. We're not even telling you what happened to these girls. We're just telling you that they're dead. Um, Go look for this guy, though. It would be very, very helpful if you went to your spooky shed in the middle of the night or even in the middle of the day. Just go out there and open it up and look inside. And if you see a guy named Martin Carpentier in there, run back to your phone before he gets you. Like, he's a boogeyman. No, we will take no questions. So at this point, the police had had a search of 50 square kilometers. And they found a broken-in trailer, which was somebody's trailer, right? Someone was like, should I go check that out, Martha? And Martha's like, uh-uh, nope. No, just stay here, because it's super spooky. They found a trailer that was broken into, and a bunch of supplies were taken out of it. This is in July. This is in July of uh, 2020. So again, this is super recent. The police do another press conference. This one, they're like, okay, the reporters are like, you better answer our questions this time. The police said at this point, they go, listen, we think he's dead. We think Martin Carpentier is dead. 
Now, what's weird is that they say that most people, they, they think he's dead because no one could survive in the wilderness for that long. What? Like, I mean, I'm no outdoors man, but I think I can stand... F- what July in Canada, what is it, like a, a scorching 78 degrees? Like, you can go three days without food. You don't have to be hunting squirrels. You don't have to be straight up Robinson Crusoe to do three or four days in the woods, right? But they did say, they go, he, we don't think he's capable of making rational decisions. The media's like, well, what do you mean by that? And the police are like, no further questions. Press conference is over. People are like, what is going on? What is going on? Like, did he get brain damage from the car accident? Like, how did the girls die? <laughs> the cops are just walking away. They're not answering any of these questions. July 20th. So now it's been a full 12 days since the car crash. The authorities get a call. Martin Carpentier has been found by somebody. The cops are like, oh, Martin Carpentier had been found by someone. He had committed suicide. So cops go, well, found him, killed himself, case closed. And the media's like, that's, yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's kind of case closed, but we have a couple questions. The cops are like, no more questions. They just walk off. To this point, we still don't know some very key factors. Hey, it's Jason from the future. I actually have to jump in here real quick. I'm editing this episode up, and I go, enough time has passed. We have to have gotten more information about this story. So I I did a little more digging. Here we go. They have now actually given us more of a timeline of what has happened. So this is, again, this is bizarre. I'm reading from an article in the Montreal Gazette. This came out July 23rd, uh, 2020. I don't know why I didn't see this the first time I was researching this. So what the police are saying now is that the car crash was a complete accident. It was an absolute complete accident. The car crash, uh, they didn't mean to do that, which is kind of the definition of an accident. The police also state that witnesses have now come forward to say that they saw a man leaving the scene, holding one daughter and having the other one by the hand. So... <laughs> That's weird because you have someone with video right on the scene. No one's seeing anything. Apparently, they would have had to jump, all get out of the car really quickly, including the young one in the car seat, all got out of the car real quickly. And the police don't know. They they don't believe that that was planned. They don't believe that the flip off the freeway was planned. The police are saying that, again, this is there's so many odd, odd things going on here. The police are saying that the car accident may have played a part and him deciding to murder the girls, whatever that means. Like, did he get brain damage from the car accident and then murder the kids and he got out? He wasn't in his right mind. Who knows? Who knows? The police really aren't letting us know, but they think that the car accident may have caused this. They also say that all three of them were dead within the first 12 hours. So even though it took that huge span of time to find him, they believe that when he broke into the shed that the two girls were still alive. And they have revealed their cause of death. They were both bludgeoned. They were both bludgeoned to death. When he broke into the shed, he got a shovel. So we can assume that was the instrument. I'm sorry, this is probably the most depressing update possible. So they believe that that happened. And then, again, the police just don't want to answer all these questions. The police say that he broke into another shed and got a ladder, but won't tell us how he committed suicide. There's only really, there, there's a very limited amount of ways that you can commit suicide with a ladder. So we would assume he hung himself. I don't think he got in a ladder match with The Undertaker and lost. 
There's very, very limited ways to kill yourself with a ladder. There's really only one guaranteed way to kill yourself with a ladder, and that would be a hanging. So why are they being so... I mean, they're police. I guess, you know, they're in charge of the details and stuff, but they're really not letting anything out. But they're saying that all three of them were dead within that first 12 hours, and they couldn't find them because the forest was so dense and their heat sensors wouldn't pick them up. But they were only found about five kilometers from... He was found five kilometers from the accident, and they were closer than that. They were about 1.7 kilometers away from the accident. So it took them, what was it, 10 days to really wrap this thing up. So there's still questions. Still questions why he did it is the biggest one. Why it took him so long to find these bodies. Is that timeline correct? We don't know. We don't know, even with it being now a full month since even this article was published, and even longer since the crime took place, the police either know and aren't telling, or the police simply don't know. Simply don't know at all. So I'll let the original recording take over now. It's weird because it's a missing person story on its head, and even though everyone was found and it was the worst possible ending, there's so many questions involved in this. And the biggest one is, how is it physically possible for three people to disappear from a moving car, and then it crash. This is one of those stories that would... If if they were not found, let's say that this guy killed his daughters and then himself, but those bodies weren't found, this would be one of the biggest paranormal stories of all time, right? Like, it has all the hallmarks of that. Could you imagine if he did this and he either absconded with the children, they lived in the wilderness like cave people forever... That would be the happy ending. Well, the happy ending would be none of this happening. But you know what I mean? Like, let's say everyone survived, but they become outdoorsmen. They're out in the woods for the next 50 years, just living the hermit life. It would be one of the biggest paranormal stories of the modern age. A family disappears from a moving car. And if the bodies were never found, even if we have this tragic ending, if the bodies were never found, it would still be like, what in the world happened? But even with this horrible, tragic ending, there's still so many... It falls out of the paranormal realm. Which, in the beginning, people were like, how do people disappear from a moving car? And then, it's funny, because you kind of would rather have that than the tragic real ending. But it still leaves you with so many questions. Was the screaming related? Probably. Why? Even, like, the... I guess in Canada, they have probably different, like, free speech laws, but, like, the video is deleted, even though it didn't show anything. It wasn't graphic or anything like that. It was just a video of an empty car. It got taken off the internet. The whole thing's bizarre. A story that could have lived on in paranormal infamy instead becomes a story about how brutal a human can actually be to take the lives of their own children. But I guess even then, we don't even know if, if he did it. The whole thing's bizarre whole thing is super weird. See, I did not want to do a week of stories like that. I mean, that's a very, very interesting story, and thank you for the recommendation, Pepe LaPointe, but that's, I couldn't do a, hey, everyone, thanks for listening to Rap Radio. I mean, that's a rough story to cover because it's like the worst crime possible, and then there's just so many questions, and that's what always pops up in these missing people things it's just what like what is going like i said in the beginning it's basically the story is me just kind of shrugging my shoulders but the reason why i wanted to do the vanished story was because of the movie the vanished i love doing these little ad reads i try to keep them short i hope you guys enjoy them you guys should check it out new today on digital and haitian thomas jane starring the gripping psychological thriller the vanished directed by peter fascinelli a family vacation takes a terrifying turn when two parents discover that their young daughter has vanished without a trace. 
Stopping at nothing to find her, the search for the truth leads to a shocking revelation where nothing is what it seems in this intense thriller. Own or rent The Vanished on digital today and watch it at home tonight. Rated R from Paramount Pictures. The, the, the Vanished is just weird. Again, I want to talk to you guys about it, but I'm going to give it some time. I think we could do a really interesting dive into that movie. I, I, there's, it's just weird. Good weird. Um, it's a, it's just one of those movies where you're like everyone is so everyone's just so everyone's so weird in this movie. It's it's interesting. It's an interesting film. Gregory, let's go ahead and hop in that mythological beast that we call the Carpenter Copter. We are headed out to the UK. Oh wait, no, sorry, we're headed out to Melbourne, Australia. He's all turning around. I said in the intro, I'm not going to re-record it either because I'm super lazy. I said in the intro, we're going to the UK because at one point, a character, not a character, at one point, the person in the story picks up a cricket bat. And I go, what? Those only exist in one place in the world, right? Britain. So anyways, we're in Australia. Just pretend in the intro I said Australia because I'm too, too lazy to edit. Gregory's turning the helicopter around. We're a little low on gas by the time we get to Australia. It's quite a difference. In distance there. We're landing. There's a bunch of wallabies with little light things. They're waving us down. We put our luggage in a kangaroo. We actually know we get in kangaroos. We're hopping. That's their Uber down there. Ruber. (laughs) Okay. Okay. That was my one. That was my one uh, brilliant joke per episode. So here's a story I got from Reader's Digest. Reader's Digest, the magazine every mom reads, but no one under the age of 52 knows exists. They did a whole thing about spooky ghost stories. Spooky, spooky ghost stories. So we're in Melbourne, Australia, and we're reading Reader's Digest. We're like, what is this, huh? Holding it upside down. We're like, well, this doesn't make any sense. This is a magazine? Like, yes, yes. Those things used to exist before the year 2015. We're in Melbourne, Australia, and then we're going to meet an unnamed person... Technically, this is bizarre. Reader's Digest got this from Reddit. So that's the that's what's going on now. Reader's Digest, your mom's magazine, keeping moms entertained in beauty salons since 1952. They got this story from Reddit, and it's from someone named Diggs Dawes. Diggs Dawes. So thank you, Diggs Dawes. We're just going to call you, we're going to give you a normal human name. We're going to call you Dougie. We're going to call you Dougie for this story. So Dougie has a one-bedroom apartment in Melbourne, Australia. And now, he says that the building was put up in the 1930s, but he's not, he's, not, he's not 90 years old. He just moved in. He moved into this new place. Landlord gives him the keys. Clink! Falls into his hand. Have fun at your apartment! <laughs> okay, that's what a landlord says, right, when you rent a place? Everything's fine in his apartment. He does notice one weird thing. In the bathroom, this would be a red flag, right? This is where you're like, ah. Eh, might want to move because this is an opening for something spooky. In his bathroom, the one place you should feel the most safe, there's a wooden board covering up a hole in the ceiling of the bathroom. Just move out, dude. Because you know if that board is just crooked a little bit, you're probably going to see like an eyeball staring down at you or big old black widow coming out of it. Well, I guess that one, pick your poison. What's more menacing to you? Seeing an eyeball staring at you from your heater vent? Or seeing a black widow come out of a heater vent. Like, wh- I would much rather have the eyeball in there. 
Because the eyeballs ain't going to do nothing. I mean, it might see me when I'm like, you know, making love to a lady. But the Black Widow is going to murder me. Like, the ghost is just going to be like, oh, come on, Jason. Not again. Ugh. I'm not saying I want eyeballs flowing around either, just so we're clear, eyeball monster. But if you had a if you had a if you had a hole in your bathroom, that's just bad. But there's like a plank of wood covering it up. But one night he's sleeping and he hears a crack. So, oh, 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 oh man, woke me up. He's trying to figure out where did that noise come from. Oh, I don't know. I looked everywhere. <laughs> Time to go to the bathroom. He goes in the bathroom. The board. Covering up the hole, it's been cracked. And he said it was a thick board. It was about an inch thick and just snapped in half. He's like, what? So he calls his landlord the next thing. He's like, hey, man, you got to fix this hole. You got to, well, you should just fix the hole, honestly. But since you're not doing that, can you at least get another plank of wood that'll cover up the hole? And landlord's like, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. I'll totally do that. So they do that. The landlord fixes the hole, plank of wood covering up the spooky, spooky hole. A month later, it's 4 a.m. Dougie is fast asleep and then feels something. What? Uh, uh. Wakes up, feels hands rubbing on him. What? Uh, wait. Then he hears above his bed, like so in the above his bed is the ceiling. <laughs> how how bedrooms are normally constructed. He's not living in a tent. Above his bedroom is a ceiling on on top of the or above the ceiling is the attic. I'm learning how to pronounce that word. So in the attic, there is space up there. And so, and also the hole in the bathroom also leads to the attic. So theater of the mind to picture, the, picture this. There is an apartment and above it is a roof. <laughs> and then in between the roof and the ceiling of the apartment, there's an attic. So there you go. If you've never been in a domicile on the planet Earth, that's how it goes. He hears noises in the attic. So he's getting this cool massage or and or creepy massage, depending on how you feel about astral hands touching you. But he hears something in the attic. He describes it as somebody pulling a sack of potatoes. And so five minutes, he lays there in bed for five minutes as he hears this sound of sack of potatoes. He goes, normally I'd be really scared right now, but this back rub I'm getting sure is making me relax. Oh, yeah. A little bit lower. Oh, too low. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it was two ghosts, but if it was, the ghost carrying around the sack of potatoes is like, dude, you're messing up my vibe. I'm trying to scare him. Also, how? here's the thing. Like I said on my last episode, I heard the sound of a dog, and I played it back for you, and obviously it sounded like a dog, right? There was no question of that. I don't know if I could identify a sack of potatoes getting... How many sack of potatoes has this guy heard being pulled across attics before? <laughs> Not drug addicts. Pulled across attics before that he goes, hmm... I can tell that's a sack of potatoes. It's probably russet potatoes. No, no. Pure Idaho bread. At least the five pound bag, I think. Like, how do you get so specific? Like, wouldn't it have just been a sack of heavy stuff? He's like, no, I can tell. I can tell the sound of a potato hitting wood. Like, how specific is that? A sack of potatoes. Anyways, he's laying in bed. He's getting a really relaxing massage from one ghost. If it's the same ghost then he's kind of messing up his own vibe. Plus, that's mu- that's a multitasker. Like, you want to haunt a dude, and <laughs> you know, I don't know if the ghost was actually giving him a full back rub. It just said that it was massaging him or touching him, I think was what it actually said. I turned it on to a full-on Swedish massage. It's like putting hot stones on his back. He lays in bed for five minutes. He's hearing these sack of potatoes being dragged around, and then he grabs his cricket bat... And he gets up because he kind of knows what's going on at this point. I mean, he doesn't. He's not like, oh, that must be the sack of potato ghost. 
he can kind of figure out that it probably has something to do with the hole in his bathroom. He goes into his bathroom with his cricket bat, and sure enough, the plank of wood is snapped again. At that point, the dragging sound stops, and he hears a whisper in his ear. It's your turn. It's your turn. What would you do at that point? Cricket bat or not, right? You hear someone saying, it's your turn. It's your turn. Right? Even if someone, even if (laughs) if it wasn't a ghost, even if your roommate, like, you go, oh, no, there's a hole in the ceiling again. Oh, you turn around, your roommate's standing there, and he goes, it's your turn. It's your turn. You're leaving, right? Right? Ghost or not, if anyone's just saying that to you, you're out. He proceeds to go and he turns all the lights on in his apartment, tries watching television, which is what you normally do when people are telling you it's your turn. He's trying to watch television. He's like, oh, he's watching the Sack of Potato channel. He's like, oh, this will make me relax. It's just a bunch of potatoes getting dragged around. He's watching that. Fuse blows. All the power goes out. At that point, he hears his dog, Dexter, squawking is the word he uses, squawking. So squealing? Is that how an American would describe it? Here's the dog freaking out. He leaves. Leaves the house. Leaves the dog as well. He leaves his dog there. His dog was being attacked by the sack of potato ghost. He runs out. And he decides to stay in his car until the sun comes up. Eventually, he says, he eventually starts to see neighbors out walking their dogs. And he's like, oh, it's safe to go back inside because these people are inside. Also, oh no, my dog's in there. He runs back into the house. This all started at 4 a.m. When does the sun come up? Like 6? He goes inside, and his his dog is face down in the toilet bowl, like, splashing around. Ah, and he's like, oh, no, why did I leave you here, dog? And he gets the dog out of the toilet. Now, he calls the landlord and tells the landlord, hey, dude, listen, let me tell you what happened last night. He tells him the whole story. And after telling that story, but then he, I can imagine the guy left out all the dog stuff. He's like, oh, yeah, and then um, someone was dog-sitting my dog, so don't ask me any questions about my dog. And the dog's dog-sitter likes to give him a bath, but only the top half of the dog. So from his neck to his snout, it's totally washed. The landlord's like, what? Why are you telling me that story? He tells the landlord this story. The landlord's response to all of this goes, oh, wow. You heard the whispering, too? So apparently this had been ongoing. After all of that, after all of that, Dougie lived there for another 18 months. He said every so often he'd hear the whispering, right? And two more times had to replace that board. But eventually moved out, and then one day he got a call from the landlord, and the landlord's like, hey, the new tenants have some questions for you. The new tenants want to talk to you. And the story ends with Dougie saying, no, I'm not talking to anyone. I don't ever want to think about that place again. Now, It's an interesting story. It's kind of a spooky... That's a story that your mom would read while she was waiting to get her hair done, right? (laughs) It's not super spooky. It's left pretty open-ended. So that is the story of Dougie and his ghost. How long could you put up with a ghost? I don't know if I could do 18 months. Actually, to be fair, my apartment's haunted. We've talked about that a couple times before. The ghost pretty much leaves me alone. If he was keeping me up at night... You would do something, right? At the very least, at the very least, you would give your dog to somebody else. You'd be like, eh, maybe he's better off living with you until my lease is up. But how long could you handle a ghost making that much racket, breaking stuff, dragging potatoes around? But 18 months, if it's making a bunch of noises, if it's karate chopping wood, I'm out. I mean, at the very least, at the very least, Dougie may have had a lease and not have been able to move, but at the very least... 
I hope he he gave his dog to a dog sitter. I hope he's like, please take care of my dog for 18 months. I am not a good dog owner. I will leave my dog as they're being strangled by a ghost. Because Dougie didn't seem to be the most concerned owner in the world. The bad owner. Bad owner. You got to take care of your dogs. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.